welcome to Only the Avatar, an Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. We'll dive into each episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, and we're starting off with the very first episode, The Boy in the Iceberg. Now let's head over to the episode. Hey, Christina. Hey, Veda. Nice to see you on Zoom today. Nice to see you on Zoom. I'm so excited we're starting this podcast. Honestly, I'm so happy it's coming back to Netflix. I feel like this is the ideal time for a rewatch, and I feel like they're blessing us by bringing Avatar back. Yeah. Um, I actually ordered Avatar The Last Airbender the beginning of this pandemic because I needed something light and fun to watch, and I just finished watching The Wire, and I was like, the show is so depressing. I need something like that's fun and nice and childlike. So I bought it on YouTube. It was sad. <laughs> no, I think it's great. And it's the perfect segue. So we're doing a podcast on The Last Airbender. So welcome to Only the Avatar, The Last Airbender Rewatch. I'm Veda. I'm Christina. Friends from high school. I think we have a lot of um, aesthetic similarities like that. You know what I mean? I feel like we like a lot of the same sort of shows and things like yeah. that. So, so it was when I was like rewatching the first episode, I looked up to see when it aired and I was like, oh my God, this show came out 15 years ago, which is... Yeah, it came out on February 21st, 2005. So technically more than 15, oh my God. 15 years and some months. So. so when did you first start watching it? Honest, I probably started to watch it with my little brother because um, he's four years younger than me. So he was like the target demographic. Mm-hmm. I guess I was 15. He was 10. A 10-year-old boy is the perfect demographic for Avatar, even though we're 30-year-old women. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I love it. I think, I think the show, that's one of the things when I, while I was re-watching it, I was like, oh, it still holds up. And it, it's a good show because any age group can watch it and find humor or connect to it in some way. Mm-hmm. It's a good basic for like any sort of like Asian mythology and spirituality. It's just like baked in really well. Yeah. And I feel like they do have some heavier themes, but the way they handled it so light because the background of this entire show is a war. And even though it's a kid show and it's about war, it still works somehow, um, which I really like. So yeah. yeah. I started watching it because of my um, sister, who's three years younger than me, and my cousin, who's like four years younger than me. So I think it's that same thing. Like, I was like, what is this? This is so good. And I got yeah. sucked in. And I will say, like, I've never really been into fantasy. Like, don't hate me, but I've never watched Harry Potter. What? <laughs> or, well, no, I haven't read Harry Potter. I've watched the movies, but I'm not as into them because I didn't read the books because I was like, yeah. oh, like, I couldn't relate to Harry. Like, I think. It was just so cool seeing like an Asian person, like an Asian world mythology. You don't really see that, especially for kids. So it was so cool to watch that on TV. Um, Yeah. And I'm sure no one could see us, but we're both like, I'm half Filipino. So I'm half Asian and you're South Asian. So, So, you know, we relate. I never actually thought of that. I thought of it that way, like from a representation point of view, but it is just because of the I mean, we'll get into it as we talk about the show. So do you want to lead us into the first episode? Yeah, sure. So the name of the first episode is The Boy in the Iceberg. So let's start off with um, the intro, the iconic intro. Water, earth, fire, air. 
Like I still, I'm on TikTok and I still see like TikTok memes about it. You know what I mean? Like people like doing funny things with that. Right. Don't you feel like weird? Like, don't you just feel like the depth of it when, he, when like the, when Katara's voice comes on? Yes. <laughs> but yes, those TikToks are amazing. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's obviously like different, but it's just like such a, it, every episode starts off that way. Um, the first episode had a different intro than the other ones because it really kind of explains the background of the show. And I really like that. I think it explains it really well. Of Like there are four different elements, water, earth, fire, air, and um, how those elements really work together in, to create peace and harmony. And oh, there's one person, the avatar that keeps peace. But everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. The Fire Nation attacked. The the elements are at war with each other. And then the one person, the Avatar, who actually can control these elements, has been gone and needs to return to set peace back into the world. Yeah. And there are rumors that the Avatar died and he never got reincarnated (laughs) into the next phase of the avatar but obviously Katara thinks that he'll come back and he'll save the world um such an iconic intro it's not even a song it's just like words because there's so much history and backstory by including that in the theme it's dropping you right into the story and you kind of have an understanding how the of like the logic of this fantasy world works like who's mm-hmm. the hero so it kind of brings you in without needing all of that yeah story. so I like that I really like that too. Um, and so right after the intro, we have the first scene. We have Katara and Sokka, brother and sisters, you know, trying to fish, trying to provide for their tribe and the Southern Water tribe. I kind of like how their brother and sister relationship, like you can see that Sokka, he's like trying to be a man and like he's like trying to show that he can fish. But then Katara mm-hmm. has her own strength and she's actually a waterbender. So she's trying to catch a fish using using the water. and he there's like you can see that she's like has a lot of feminist beliefs already right because she's Mm -hmm. like you know she's like I'm the one who's taking care of everything since mom died like you're playing soldier with these kids but I'm the one who's actually like washing the clothes taking care of you like fishing and you can see that there's the divide with them because she has this ancient ability to control the element of water which she needs to learn how to tame but then Sokka doesn't have that but I feel like as an audience member we connect to Sokka just because he's so funny and also he doesn't have any powers. So like as a viewer, we're like almost understanding the world through Sokka's perspective. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. He kept on calling it your magic abilities, like very much like thinking it's something foreign because as we learn, like Katara is the only person who can waterbend. So she's the only person in the tribe that has this ability. So it seems so foreign. Um, And then as I guess we go into more episodes, it becomes so normal, that ending. But in this specific small tribe, no one has really seen it in years. Yeah, and you can just see like how much the world has changed since the, like there's some sort of imbalance when this natural ability that waterbenders should have, like the water tribe should have waterbenders. So there's something in the world that's like not working right now. So you kind of understand that. Oh, well, we get into that in later episodes, (laughs) why there are no waterbenders at the Southern (laughs) Water Tribe. But that's for another episode. <laughs> um, oh, I like the scene too because it really set up a good foundation about how much Sokka is obsessed with food because he's trying to catch fish and he's always trying to catch food like in future episodes. So I really liked that. Yeah, that's a great job of setting up each of the characters. Like what's Katara like? What's Sokka like? And then the next person that we end up meeting. 
Yeah. Um, and going into that, we see the next scene where, you know, the brother and sister are getting into a fight. Uh, Sokka's a little, like, misogynistic in this episode, which yeah. I thought was kind of weird. <laughs> and obviously, Katara was not having that. So she has a lot of emotions and is yelling at her brother. And she is waterbending because of her emotions, which causes an iceberg or uh, ice to fall to bring up a bigger iceberg? Is that what happened in that scene? I, can't, I, I think it, like, it cracked and then mm-hmm. you it see... It cracked again or yeah. something? Cracked and then you see a smaller ice thing and then it, you see a blue light that's like emanating out of the... out mm-hmm. of the ice. And who's yeah. in there? Who is in there? We don't know. He's the boy in the iceberg. <laughs> what? <laughs> um so yeah that's that scene obviously they open him up and a huge light appears and all the animals are like they're like the world is shifting because this orb came out of nowhere right um so we know that something big just happened um and then i i want to say that katara holds ang or the boy in the iceberg and he wakes up she realized i think she kind of realizes that he's special right away. Like she feels Mm. that connection to him and Sokka's looking at it's like, what is this unknown person or unknown creature? And he's a little bit more defensive of it, but she kind of feels that this is a special person. Like she feels that spiritual connection. Yeah. Like she's the one who starts cracking open the iceberg to let him out. Yeah. Um, Where Sokka's like, oh, let's not. And then when Aang wakes up, I really like that you see like what a boyish creature and like his boyish and his like fun loving nature is his first thing that he wants to do he like doesn't question who these people are he doesn't like ask any questions he's just like cool like i'm in the south pole i really want to go sledding on a penguin and that's his first like and you kind of get his his naivety his youngness his Mm -hmm. like love for life in he just like pops up with that out of the iceberg yeah. And what I thought was really interesting is I like that they made him so naive because kids his own age that are like, he's a 12 year old boy, like kids his own age do not feel like, um, you know, children anymore. There's a later scene where they're pregnant, penguin sliding or whatever. And Katara's like, I haven't done this since I'm a kid. And Angos, you still are a kid. But because like, especially at the water tribe, they're, you know, they're in a war. Like you don't you can't be naive anymore. Yeah, I actually, I call that that moment out too. I feel like that was really beautiful. And another thing that like, once that blue light emanates, we're taken to another scene on a fire Navy ship and the fire Mm -hmm. nation is like the one causing the war. So they should actually be the villains. And I thought that the introduction to Zuko was really interesting because Zuko sees the blue light and he's convinced that the avatar has been found. Like his Mm -hmm. family has been searching for the avatar forever and now he's looking as well. Um, So when he sees the blue light, he thinks it's the avatar. He tells his uncle, like, look, I found, I found the avatar. Like we need to go in that direction. But his Mm -hmm. uncle tells him like, Hey, like you don't know this yet. You keep getting excited about things. Like don't, don't, don't go after it. But even though they're villains, I really like villains in this scene. They aren't introduced that way. Like I like that you kind of already, once you first meet Zuko, I felt a little like empathetic for him because you can see that he's like, you feel his desperation, his frustration, his like confusion as like, I really thought that's an interesting way. Like we've been hearing about the Fire Nation and seeing that they've caused all this destruction. But then the first introduction of them is actually kind of like empathetic and almost a little sweet. 
And so I thought Honestly, I didn't agree. I don't agree at all with that. I thought like the mute, the way the music was set up and how angry he was like made it seem like he's the clear villain right away to me at least. But I felt like, I don't know. I really felt like I, he just seemed like a, like an angry teen, but he didn't seem to have that much malice. He just seemed to have a lot of internal anger, which I thought was like such a different type of introduction. Like, I don't know when I compared to, introductions to other villains that you just see their power like I didn't see his power and I thought mm-hmm. his uncle is just so like playing that game also do you know what game that is that they're playing it looked like a solitaire type of game I know that it, that's what I thought it looked like but I, I loved how chill his uncle was you yeah know? like the contrast with the uncle and mm-hmm later scenes of them like him training on the boat like learning his path like trying to become a better firebender you can see that he's so frustrated but it also reminded me of Katara too because when they both have so much rage and anger and like trauma from this war and they're learning how to channel that into their bending but if they Mm -hmm. don't have like the calmness to do it like their bending is all over the place and causes destruction so there's almost like a similarity of like in this episode uh Katara and Zuko like basically had anger meltdown moments and their bending just started coming out all over the Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I feel like I guess we'll see in more episodes, but I feel like and they mentioned this in the episode too, where Zuko, who's a firebender, is using anger to kind of fuel his bending in all forms. You know what I mean? Um, when I, I thought it was interesting because his uncle was very much like uh, firebending is from the breath and it yeah. creates energy. It shouldn't be from anger. Um, That's how he has to control his emotions. Like he has to yeah. learn how to actually channel them. Christina, what type of bender do you think you would be? Like, I want to say I'm a. I'd be a water bender just because I'm a Cancer, so I'm a water sign, and I have the same skin complexion as Katara and Sokka. But I don't know. <laughs> Very like um, top level reasons why, but I think also. Yeah, I think I'd still be a waterbender because I'm nurturing and we find out that waterbenders can heal, so healing a capability. So I think I'd be a waterbender. What about what about you? I think I'd be a firebender. I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so aggro all the time and like kind of impatient and I've always felt and I'm also a fire sign, Aries, like rushing right. into rushing into this. Um yeah, and I always have felt connected to firebending in general. Mm-hmm. Although I do like waterbending. Like, I actually have always felt connected to firebending and waterbending, but not so much air and earth. Isn't that weird? Um, I don't think so. They're they're kind of like the opposite of each other, so they're related in some way, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're connected in, like, the yin to the yang of one another. Yeah. So I think that makes sense. I just felt that connected to earth or air, which we will see in coming up uh, future episodes. Yeah. It's actually so funny. Like, I still laughed out loud on a lot of the jokes. Like, Appa... Uh, just coming out of coming out of the iceberg, this huge water air bubble, <laughs> I guess. Um, so fuzzy and cute and sneezing on Sokka. And I just thought that, I just love, I kind of still love that like boyish dumb humor, you know, like the body yeah. humor of the snot and like all of that stuff. Yeah. My favorite line, I think this is an upcoming scene where like Sokka is training like the boys of the village to be strong men for the war and they're then you see that they're all like five and the one boy raises his hand goes I gotta pee I gotta go to the bathroom it's like my favorite like scene it's so funny it's like Sokka is basically a babysitter 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All of his like talk about like I'm I'm training for war war. He's just like it's I think that's so funny. Yeah. And then watching all the kids like play and slide and like maybe even this is like the first bit of joy and happiness that these village kids have had in a while. And we yeah. also learned that like there's no more airbenders. And so people are surprised to see Aang. Um, there's a scene where he's waking up from like a bad dream about how he fell into the iceberg. He fell into the water and it turned into an iceberg. And Katara is like looking at his tattoos, which are air nomad tattoos. And she looks so shocked. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, whoa, like, what is this? And then the next scene, it's with their grandma and the entire village of like 22 people. And they're like, we haven't seen an airbender in a hundred years. And like, we see Aang starting to piece things together. But I think it's also really clear he doesn't want to find out what's going on. Like he wants to kind of run away from any of his problems because right after that scene, he's like, a penguin, I want to go play on the penguin. You know what I mean? And he starts, he doesn't want to come to terms with whatever yeah, he happened. He doesn't know that there's been a war. He doesn't want to understand it. And yeah. he, he's a little, like we can tell right away that he is hiding. A secret mm -hmm. like because there are like some beautiful animation bits where he's like looking awkward or trying to change the subject or like mm -hmm. thinking to himself and yeah and I think that his crush on Sokka is really cute too on Sokka uh, yeah. or on Katara oh Katara sorry <laughs> <laughs> his crush on Katara yeah, when he's like staring at her he's like clearly a 12 year old boy who doesn't like know any better <laughs> but then Sokka does know and he's like yeah. I love I actually love that little relationship that they're building and their friendship with all together like I don't know them interacting even though we can tell that Sokka doesn't fully trust Aang right away yeah um he's very much I feel like Sokka is very much like the straight man in this entire show he's very <laughs> much a straight man he calls out anything weird um and also I think going back to that scene where you know Aang is staring at Katara Katara asks him like do you know the did you know the Avatar? Like, we we clearly know that the next, um, the Avatar was supposed to be an airbender. But there is no Avatar right now. And so she's asking, like, do you know him? And he clearly lies and says, I heard about him, but I, I don't know him. <laughs> uh, well, we kind of meet, we kind of learn a little bit about the village. We know that their tribe has mostly been gone. We know that Katara is the only waterbender. Mm -hmm. And she asks Aang to train her. Yeah, that's true. And mm -hmm. Aang mentions that, like, he's like, you need to find a waterbender to train you, not, I'm, and I can only bend air. Mm -hmm. um, but then he says, like, why don't we go to the North Pole where you can see your sister village and there should be other waterbenders who can help you. She mentions that, like, they haven't been, they haven't had contact with their sister village in years because of the war. They haven't, um, and she's never left her village. Um, but they make a trade like, you know, I'll take you over there with Appa because he has a flying bison. We can, mm -hmm. I can take you over there, but you have to teach me how to sled with penguins. So do that. <laughs> that it's a super cute scene. And I love the animals in like this oh my God, world. Me too. Are so like, the penguins have four arms and, you know, we have like very so interesting They're so cute. <laughs> and I love, I love it. They have this great scene and we get to see like what a proficient bender that Aang is. Like he like makes the penguins fly a little bit. It's just a lovely mm -hmm. scene. And then they got, go down the slope of the hill and then at the end of the iceberg, they see an old uh, fire, a fire Navy ship yeah. that's been abandoned. And you know, like Katara is very clear, like we cannot, you know, go in the ship, but you know, 
Aang being super, super naive was like, yeah, well, we got to try it out. If you're a, if you're a bender, you need to take risks. Um, and somehow he convinces Katara to get into that ship and explore. Um, and that's where, like, that's a, once they go into the ship and they talk about the war and how Aang doesn't remember anything about a war, he thought he was in the iceberg for three days, but they both come to realize he's been in that iceberg for a hundred years because that's how long the war has been. Um, and that really freaks out Aang. That's kind of him coming to realization like, oh crap, what? What is going on? How could I be in this? How could I have been in this iceberg for a hundred years? I'm only 12 years old. I'm not 112 years old. Yeah, I love that. Kind of see that like, whatever happened in the ice has like preserved him in this state of this 12 year old. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was cool. And then, you know, they keep on exploring and they get, they get booby trapped into the ship, which files like an air, uh, a signal into the sky, uh, which obviously Zuko and and the fire and his fire gang see. Zuko is looking through his little telescope or whatever. And Aang and Katara are able to escape because, you know, Aang is a firebender, is able to to leap out of there, basically. And, and he's Zuko's like, oh my god, he's so agile for a hundred-year-old. Yeah. You know, like, he's like, wow, this guy can really run and jump. So I, I like that because, like, Zuko realizes it's the Avatar. Katara doesn't know that, you know, Aang is the Avatar. And then mm-hmm. Aang, we're still questioning to see, like, is Zuko right? You know, like, if you're a first-time mm-hmm. viewer, like, is Zuko right? Like, is this the Avatar? Um, but yeah, I love like Zuko being like, wow, he's super agile. And then he's also, Zuko's also like, oh, he's had a hundred years to train. So he must be the master of all of these elements. Yeah. What does he know? <laughs> yeah. I really like the way they also set up all the scenes between Zuko and his uncle um, to kind of give context yeah. to the story. Because we're seeing the story between Aang, Katara, and Zuko play out where we're slowly learning that he he is, you know, the last airbender, more things to come. But we're getting more context about the Avatar from Zuko saying, you know, my grand, my father, my grandfather have been trying to find him. They can't find him. No one has found him. Uh, the state of the war. Like, I like that extra context that they, that the show gives. Agreed. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think that really takes us to the end of the episode. Yeah, to be continued. continued. Did anything surprise you on the rewatch? I was, what I thought was interesting because I watched the show recently and I watched it a lot is just trying to put myself in a position to think, okay, if I've never watched this before, would I be so confused? Like, what is an avatar? Like, what does the last airbender correlate to the, the avatar? And um, I thought they did a good job doing that just because I think Zuko did bring that context, but I thought there was a lot of puzzle pieces trying to get. Yeah, like, together. I think when you watch, you're like, what happened to the first, why did that avatar disappear? Like, why did that first avatar die? And like, why, why did Aang go into hiding? But we'll get into that. But you know, it's interesting because like in Hinduism and maybe, I think, I don't know if Buddhism has this too, but we have the word avatar, avatar which is where mm-hmm. avatar comes from. So it's just like, the re like a version of God who comes down in different time periods to set things right. So like, or like, yeah, so that, that like, so as a kid, even when watching it like that, I always just tied it back to the word avatar. So I had the background of when I was watching it, like, okay, there's different versions, but it's like that same spirit coming in to set things right when the world, when the world needs it. Oh, it's funny. Cause for me, like I don't have that background and I was like, why 
is a show called Avatar where there's that movie Avatar, which is basically <laughs> alien Pocahontas. So I was like, why did they use that word? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, they're using the word I think that's like yeah mm-hmm. which is interesting um I don't know I think I think I was like oh this is still really good is that mm-hmm. weird like when I was watching because sometimes you watch things that you liked when you were younger and you're like I grew out of this but I think this is just such a universal story that like you watch it and the characters are just really well written and funny and like you can watch it in any age group and and like it so I was actually surprised that I Found it. I still found it so funny. Like I, I laughed out loud mul- multiple times, and I really liked the animation, and like that the writing was really good. Yeah, I really liked the writing. Um, I think they put a lot of work into like the background of the world that we'll see in upcoming episodes. So um, yeah, and I, I, I love this show. Fifteen years later, so. <laughs> Um, and I think like even like I'll be on TikTok because you know I'm like obsessed with TikTok now. Um, I'll see like people post like stuff about Avatar and their last airbender on TikTok and I'm like this show is still relevant. Like people still I love this show. I think we're going to be talking about it a lot more since it's coming back to Netflix and that's why I'm glad we're like doing this podcast and I hope that people join their rewatch journey with us too. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's like there's so many shows to watch. But a lot of those shows are really depressing. And there are some parts of Avatar that are very sad, um, especially when they talk about war. But overall, it's a kid's show that's uplifting. So I think that's what's great about watching it, especially during this time period. And so. I think it's just, like, so resilient, too. I think you're. I think it just, like, ties back because, like, when it's about a, a place going through difficult times and then just, like, people finding, like, joy in their little, the little moments of their life, like, even though, like, things are definitely bad right so I think like seeing that resilience on a show like I I kind of I have been interested in shows like that that just show like the every day that what the daily life is like when there's some sort of like worldwide bad situation like it's funny Dairy Girls is kind of around the same topic right like this is the people at war but they're just high school kids going to school but they're Mm -hmm. like in the middle of a war and that's like the same thing as Avatar like the same tone that yeah like we are at war we've lost people like things of our lives and our people have changed, but like, we're just going about our day. So it's like, I think that's like the cool part of the show. And I, I feel like watching it now, like in this like pandemic too, is like interesting to see like that level of like resilience in the show. So I think it adds like another layer to it when watching it. Yeah. Cause like, obviously in that world, the, the hundred year war is super, iconic and people read about it in textbooks but you're just living that life and that's kind of like us now we there we have the COVID-19 pandemic and we're living through it like we're yeah. not this will be in a textbook one day but we're trying to live our life the best we can and so it, obviously the avatar is more interesting than my life I just go on TikTok and <laughs> watch TV, but. I, I feel like it's just one of those shows at least like I think you mentioned this before like when we were talking it's just like a comfort show too mm-hmm. so that's really interesting sometimes like we got you watch you rewatch things because they're comforting like I do that with like Gilmore Girls too and this is another show too because it's like it's so safe and it just like wraps you up in a blanket while watching it and it's just like that level of like nostalgia but it's just good sometimes I don't want to watch something new right now like I'd rather rewatch something and just feel like that little bit of comfort yeah or like it's hard to find something that you want to watch like everything just seems depressing like there are so many shows that just are depressing in nature um and- or like you think they're going to be a good show and then you hate the ending. Like, yeah, watch something where you know kind of what happens. And also like the 
Well, we'll see how like the episodes build up, but it's interesting because the show was on for a few years. Like I think it ended in like 2008, but it like the characters build so well. So we start with them at 12, but then like it's like three years later when the show ends, right? No, that's it's three seasons, but um, I think it's based all in one year. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see that in upcoming but episodes. They, but they definitely, I feel like it, the last episodes are so much, they have like a maturity to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think like also what they're doing, which well, I guess we'll talk about in future episodes, is just every day it seems like a very long day. Like they mature so quickly because they have to. What they're doing is forcing them to become more grown up than they were at the beginning of the show. So I think that has a big, big part of it as well, which I like a lot. So, yeah. I'm excited to watch the next episode. This has been fun. Do you have any other? Yeah, I think I basically covered everything that I wanted to. I just feel like I can't wait. Okay, so spoiler on me is that I love Zuko. He was like my favorite character. (laughs) No, no spoilers. No spoilers. That's it. And I really liked Gran Gran and I liked Uncle Iroh. And I just love how the elder people are portrayed in the show. And I think that's Mm -hmm. something that we can like talk about earlier. But yeah, we'll see you on the next one, I guess. Yeah, on the next. Oh wait, do you have a grade for this episode? Oh, um, honestly, I, I think it's if we're doing it out of five, I think it's a five. I I agree. I think it's a five too. I think it's a great first episode, um, and I can't it, wait to watch it the next one so well. So can't wait for the next one to be continued. Be continued. <laughs>